0: Welcome to another inspirational message from Northwest Church. We pray this message encourages and inspires you. If you would like any more information on what your next step may be, please visit our website at northwestchurch.com.au. I'm uh,
1: just going to ask Troy to come for a moment. I don't know if we've got a mic ready. Just for 60 seconds. Uh, he's got, we hear these stories all the time, so it's good for us to share them with you occasionally. And um, so uh, I'll let him speak. Tell us, mate, what's going
0: on? What's happened? Yep, should be on. You go for it. Awesome. Um, I'm Troy. Uh, (laughs) The last fortnight's sort of been a difficult time for Marie and myself, um, with a, a dad passing away. And I suppose... What uh, we noticed as husband and wife is how our church family sort of come around us and yes. and just actually cradled us through this um, pretty tough time. So um, yeah, uh, and in our connect group, um, Mitch Padmos and Cindy were amazing, and everyone in it. They sort of phone calls, text messages, um, dinners, um, everything that sort of a church should look like um, did and c- come through with the good. So we are forever grateful um, to everyone, our church family, and, and uh, yeah, all we had to do was ask or, you know, let people know how we were feeling and they were more than happy to help us out. So connect groups are good, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> so if you're not in a connect group, get in one. <laughs> But yeah
1: Good work mate. So um thanks mate. I know that we, we um he'd been telling us and we, we hear all these great stories that we don't always get to communicate, they're everywhere. And um and you know, Troy I didn't know what he was gonna say, so I didn't know he was gonna mention that it was his Connect group that gathered around them. But you know, you've heard me say a million times. It's often not that the church doesn't care, it's often that the church doesn't know. And and so it's so important to be connected beyond, you know, like an hour on Sunday. Um, because when things... I never used to go to a connect group myself. let a church that had them, never went to one. Didn't care for them. Did it because I know that's what churches do. And then one of our children years ago got sick. And I noticed that everyone who came to the hospital was from Bronnie's connect group. And so I thought, well, if I'm the pastor and it's the connect group, what happens for anyone else? because pastors often get treated special, and because uh, we're special in weird ways, Carol Herken, and, um, and, uh, and I thought, well, if that's the case for us, what's the like for everyone else? So we've been passionate about it ever since, and um, just encourage you around it. Um, last weekend, we took up a mission offering uh, for the end of March. We've been talking about the poor, it's personal. And we really, I thought we had a great outcome, we raised $15,000 across um, the two services here last weekend. So well done to everybody who contributed to, or was in a position to contribute. Not everyone is always in a position to contribute. And um, so that means, uh, it was more than 15. so it's nearly about four grand to each of those partners over and above whatever else we do across the year. So, so that's a good injection of funds into what they're doing, and um, so well done, very good. All right, we're going to get on into this. Hope you're praying for our Prime Minister in your own life um, in these days in which we live. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you um, for the opportunity we have to orientate our lives around the Bible tonight. And um, we would pray, we do pray, that y- you would do a, something with this that, that helps people, that strengthens them, uh, that people would be more courageous, they'd find courage in this, uh, they'd find... Lord, um, strengthen this, that God, out of these words, would come um, like a fresh way of seeing uh, around the subject we're about to talk about in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. James chapter 4 and verses 2 and 3 says this, You do not have because you do not ask God, and when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives. Of course, that's not true of you. We know that. Um, But he's writing to what is a pretty solid letter in the book of James, uh, to the churches, you do not have because you do not ask God. I just want to pause there for a moment. Isn't it interesting that God, although he knows everything, on some fronts, in some ways, limits his response to us asking him. That's interesting to me. Now, there's a whole lot of reasons for that. There's humility involved. There's surrender involved. There's faith involved. But the Bible says that there are things that we don't have simply because we don't ask. Um, I find it interesting. And there are things that hinge on us asking for them to become realities. I kind of, don't know, I don't know what to make of that thought, but it's true. And so what's true of God is true of people and it's true of life, isn't it? Um, if I think about it, sometimes to get an answer or a sponsor or an outcome from me, I need people to ask me. Uh, if, for example, um, there's a party that you know, I would um, think that I would normally get involved, invited to, Um, with say close friends there are times when I'm like I know I could ring and go am I meant to be there who knows that would be kind of awkward (laughs) um and so you don't you wait till you're asked even though you expect it and um there are other times when if I'm honest um I'm willing to do or go or whatever but I'm not going to go unless I'm asked if if you don't ask me I'm just going to move around it you know what I'm saying like moving house if you ask me and I'm available I might do it but if you don't ask me I'm probably not going to say hey I'd like to move house with you on Saturday because he knows in a church like ours you could move someone's house every other week it it, it just becomes impossible and um Sometimes to get an answer, a response, an outcome, it just takes asking. And I'm, I'm like that, and I think you're probably like that too, aren't you? Um, um, we just asked around a missions offering. I doubt too many people in the room were thinking, I'm going to give extra to missions this month. But in the asking of the question, we had a generous outpouring, a generous response. Um, sometimes we just need to ask the question, are you like that? It's not that there's a lack of openness. It's just that sometimes we need the questions. And and I've also noticed this. Some people are really bold at asking, aren't they? Can you think of someone? Try and think of someone now that asks so often that they're kind of annoying. Do you know what I mean? I can think of a kid I know. (laughs) It's not one of my own, so I'm not going to get fined for this statement. (laughs) I'm not going to use the kid's name. But anyone who's close to me who knows that child, already knows who I'm thinking of, And they just ask whenever they want. If they want it, they ask. doesn't matter whether it's to go on a ride, be at the front of a queue or get something purchased for them. They will ask. And I'll tell you what I've noticed, apart from the fact that to those who don't ask, it's a little bit annoying, what I've noticed is that they tend to get more of what they want than people who don't ask. Sometimes in life, when it comes to God, when it comes to people, we just have to ask the question, right? And so I want to talk to you today about... Um, The big ask or an ask like no other, you can term it however you want. Because I think the church needs a bit more of that kind of thing going on to make the ask um, that that God asks us to make to people. So let's talk about it. Matthew chapter 22, um, verse 1, I think it's coming on the screen. Matthew 22, verse 1. Tell me if it comes on the screen. There it is. Jesus spoke to them again in parables, saying... We're just going to move right on through this, so you keep flipping as I keep talking. Jesus spoke to them in parables, saying, not much of anything, really. (laughs) The kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. He sent his servant to those who had been invited to the banquet to tell them to come, but they refused to come. Remember, it's a parable. Then he sent some more servants and said, tell those who have been invited that I have prepared my dinner. Uh... Um, my oxen and my fattened calf have been butchered and everything is ready, come to the wedding banquet. But they paid no attention and went off, one to his field, another to his business. The rest seized his servants, it gets worse, mistreated them and killed them. It's not going well, is it? The king was enraged. He sent his army and destroyed those murderers and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, the wedding banquet is ready, but those I invited did not deserve to come. Then the king told the attendants, tie him hand and foot and throw him outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And then verse 14, for many are invited, but few are chosen. Here's a wedding banquet. It's obviously a picture of Jesus giving a parable of the kingdom of heaven. And he says, hey, the kingdom of heaven basically is going to be like a wedding banquet. The king being him, Jesus, um, has made ready the the banquet. and, and, And I suppose from... From As we look at this in our context, God's done everything for a man, a woman, a boy, a girl to come to faith in him. He sent his son into the world to die on a cross at Calvary, to be resurrected from the grave. He charged his church with taking that message. That which started out as a local rebellion became a global movement that reached around the world and across the generations. And so uh, he's done everything he can. He's given the Bible. Which the, the scriptures tell us is inspired by God, written by men. And, um, and he's sort of given us everything. He's given us a story. He's given, he sent Jesus into the world. He's made right or potentially made right things for everybody. And then he sends his church to make his appeal to all of humanity. He's done everything he can, he said everything right. And the moment someone responds to him, he will transform the human heart, and he will secure that person's eternity. What else can he do? But he does more because he says that as long as a person lives essentially, I mean he can shut down, but he's drawing people to himself. And he's drawing people to himself that they might make a decision for Jesus and then he might lead them forward until the day comes when this life is over and eternity kicks in. And so the one thing that God hasn't done, which we see in the parable, is God's not making the appeal himself. He's left that with his church. And you know, if you're not a, a Christian, if you're not a follower of Jesus tonight, um, it, you might be here and go, the, the thing that I want you to know as we talk about this tonight, the reason we're talking about it, is that God's most important thing, the reason the earth continues as it does, it continues to spin on its axis and we continue to breathe there and generations continue to be born and live and die, the reason that is, is simply because the Bible says that God would that none perish, but that all would come to believe, to have everlasting life. That's the only thing that holds it back. God's not holding it back so I can preach another sermon. He's not holding it back so the Broncos can win another game. We know that could be a long time. He's not going to wait until Queensland win Origin again because he knows that could be a 100 years. The only reason God is holding back, wrapping up everything as we know it, is he would that not a single person perish, and though he can't re- control the response, he will ensure the opportunity until he decides that time's up, that's it, let's go. And so he's done everything he can, and he will wrap it up, but in the meantime, as the banquet says, or the wedding banquet says, he, is, he has sent his people into the earth to make an invitation to Jesus. So he's left us here for. And I don't know about you at different times of my life that's been more nerve-wracking than others. It's weird, really, isn't it? There's an NRL team about to come and play a football game here the week after Easter. I can't imagine there's a Christian who likes footy across our city who will pause for a moment nervously about inviting their friend. Can you? Some of us will have barbecues across the Easter weekend and none of us will overthink it and go, oh, should I invite them? What if they say, we'll just send the text would you like to come to a barbecue? And yet, on the invitation that matters most, oh my gosh, we're like a, I don't want to be gender biased here, but you know, in a chick flick, I realise it's not real. So, you know, it's a hypothetical situation. Have you ever seen a chick flick? I've sat through many with Bron, because I love her. (laughs) they overthink stuff. They just plain overthink stuff in those movies, don't they? It's crazy, it's out of control. But I reckon Christians are worse. We overthink it, don't we? We overthink it. Like, I'm not being funny, you got eternally on the line, life hinges in the balance and we're here overthinking the deal. And so the Bible comes along and says, hey, then think about this. Not only did God leave us his message, not only did he make it clear, not only did he say, he just took all the pressure off, he said, you just sow the seed, you just do the watering, I'll do the work, don't worry, you're not that good, you can't get it done anyway. Not only does he do that, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he tells us that he'll give us power to get that done. I mean, it's crazy. And so here are some thoughts. Number one, just, just... when we're thinking about an invitation, when we're thinking about a big ask, because there's some things that won't happen without an ask, just remember who it's about. Because that changes it for me. If I make it about me, the ask becomes awkward. But if I make it about who's in front of me, the ask becomes important. The high stakes of a human soul. And let's face, you know, I was singing those words before, I'm thinking, man, who doesn't want to invite somebody to that? Yeah. So, so maybe nothing holds you back, um, I feel like Nate Robbo, it's like this messy, he may as well go home because he lives this. But for most of us, us mere humans, you know, occasionally we get in corners. So what would you say holds you back? And here are some thoughts to compel us forward. Um, who do you have credibility with? Like Already, who do you already have credibility with? Because whoever I have credibility with is likely to receive an invitation from me. We'll just use Easter for the rest of the message. Is that okay? Because we know that the optimum time that someone would say yes to coming to church is Easter. And then we put it at the lookout on top of that. And we know that a third of that gathering on Easter Friday on the hill, um, we know that a third of that gathering is people who don't regularly go to church. So we know it works. In fact, before we started, I told everyone that it wouldn't work. So there's no way people who don't go to church are going to go to church outside where people can see them. And we found out that people who don't go to church are more likely to go out to the church when it's not inside of a building. How? Who would have thought? Don't you love Easter Friday? You know why we started Easter Friday? Because we couldn't get anyone to come to church. Now it's nearly our biggest gathering of the year. And as you know, I think about the miracle of that gathering. TV crews come and film it. They put it on. the. It's a cool story. We can't fit everyone on top of the hill anymore. We have to run buses up and down it. And it's not because all the Christians are there because we can actually fit the Christians in. Oh, maybe not. But, but it's because people who don't know Jesus come to that service. And so who do you have credibility with because they will receive an invitation from you. That's my bet. They, they might not respond to the invitation, but that's not ours to control but they will receive it. I mean, if, if, if I don't have enough credibility with someone, uh, sorry, if I have enough credibility with someone that they and they're still offended when I give them an invitation, you've got to ask questions about them, not about me. You've got to ask questions about what's going on in their heart. You know, there's probably some turmoil there around God or something, but you and I have credibility. Where do you have positive history with someone? Where is that that runs deep? Um, just like the parable Jesus sends them out to who they know first essentially where they have credibility and they give all their reasons and excuses the excuses the reasons they 're not ours to control um, the response isn't ours to product, control or try and predict um, ours is the invitation to give I was in um, I was out, out of town today up the hill actually inland and um, and I was uh, why am I telling you that In Varel, and this guy starts to tell me about Scripture Union and this incredible guy he met called Dave Tankard. Well, Dave Tankard was my personal friend who used to mock me about Jesus. (laughs) He used to turn up and go, oh, Darren, what revelation have you got for us this week? His boss was really open to Jesus. I used to talk to his boss in his office all the time, but in those days, I had a regular job, and, and Dave was really close. He used to give me heaps. Bron and I became friends to him and his wife, and he'd come to church, but he had no intention of serving Jesus, as only to please his wife. And then one day, out of nowhere, like a Dave is in church, and the next thing you know, he's surrendering his life to Jesus. The guy—I mean, if you know him—I feel like he's more a Christian than me. Like it's not that hard sometimes, but you got the like the guy is just—he's just on fire. You can all leave. They um—he's <laughs> just on fire. But you couldn't have predicted, in fact, Brian and I had this conversation about Dave, here's a conversation, we know that Jude's really soft, but we're going to stay friends with Dave if he never makes a decision, because that's how unlikely it seemed. And yet, in a moment of time, because of invites, he finds himself in a place where God gets a hold of his heart, and his life, and his family, and his future, and his eternity is forever changed. I couldn't see it coming. I couldn't use him as an example of me having faith to see tonight because I didn't have faith to see. I had faith to see for his wife because there were signs. Who knows? That's not faith at all. (laughs) So here's the thing around credibility: where you have positive history. If, if, if you've got credibility, if you've got positive history, if not now, when? When would it be? What would need to happen? What would need to change? What would be the sign? Do they need to literally say, I think I want to become a follower of Jesus for the rest of my life. Could you baptise me in water this afternoon? Like, what would be the sign for you and I? That that's If not now, when? If, if not you, who? Like, there are people in my world that don't know you. The, maybe the only Christian they know is a Christian is me. And so if it's not now, when? If it's not me, who? If it's not you, who? Who? Um, And if not Easter, when would be a better time? I'm thinking August 3. No, you know, like if not Easter, when would be a better time? Easter's Easter's prime time. And so so with our building opening, that'd be prime time, wouldn't it? Which is coming soon. We'll announce a date very shortly. Um, So here's, here's where I'd like to change. Now's the time. This is the place. I'm the one. Now's the time. Where, where we have credibility now might well be the time. This is the place. I am the one. So who do you have credibility with? Here's the next group out uh, if we were drawing circles. Who do you have proximity to? That's the question I'm asking. Who do I have proximity to that might be open to an invitation? Um, I don't know if I'm hoping he listens to the podcast, but highly unlikely. Does anyone um, go to the Shell service station on Gunniganoo Road? You know who I'm inviting, don't you? Right? You know already. If you haven't been there, you've got to go there. There's a little guy. Where's he from? Does anyone know? Uh, he's, he, he might be Indian. And uh, it's a little guy there. He's awesome. He's the craziest person you've ever met. And I invited him to Christmas, and he said he would come, and obviously didn't. But, but now I'm just gearing up, just been I'm going to invite him to Easter. Because if not me, who? If not now, When? Um, who do you have proximity with? Now, what you should do, all of you who know him, we should bombard him. We should bombard him. Say, say, our pastor said we need to invite you to church. And when I go in, I'll invite him and he'll say, oh, people have been inviting me. I'll say, yeah, I'm the pastor. I'll pick you up, right? Let's set him up. Can we delete that out of the podcast? All right, right? But you've got someone in proximity to you that is, Somehow open, I mean, I don't know where they're at, but you know what I mean. Who is that for you? Where do you have credibility? How, where do you have proximity? Um, who could this Easter be a game changer for? You know, on Easter, um, Easter Sunday uh, 2000, I woke up in the morning, took my wife to be, she didn't know she was going to be my wife to be, to the beach to pray, Easter Sunday morning in Coffs Harbour. As the sun came up, and I made my, what is it? Proposal to her. <laughs> Easter Sunday. Can you be any more spiritual than that? Come on. Resurrection Sunday. So I so made my proposal. She said no. Then she said yes. <laughs> had a limousine waiting to pick us up. Went off to a um, resort for a beautiful breakfast. Then I forgot about the limousine. I didn't have them stay. I just had them drop us off. So what really is, if you know our life, it really is like a snapshot of what was to come. We're out on the freeway hitchhiking back to church after after it. And um, um, But here's the thing, there's just sometimes an opportune time, that seemed like an opportune time to me. This Easter is an opportune time for someone, and I don't know who it is in your life, but, but just be open to it. So, you know, who's got proximity? Who's, who have you got credibility with? Here's the next one. Who, who are you Very Christian talk here. Um, who might be open? Who, are we open to the promptings of God? Yeah, if you're not a, a believer, what we mean by that, the Bible talks about this idea that God um, stirs the heart, that God speaks to the mind, God even whispers to our spirit. I mean, it's a cool thought and some people don't like it, but I think it's cool. What would we prefer? That God was silent. I know which I'd take. And so, you know, just being open to that in our lives. Uh, I've got a friend who, who was in a situation. He wasn't a believer and he prayed a prayer. He's a Queenslander, this guy. He prayed a prayer and he said, God, if you're real, this, this is a weird story. He said, I'm going to go to the top of this hill. I'm going to pitch a tent. And if you send someone to tell me you're real, I'll believe. He was out of options. He went to the top of a hill. This is a friend, remember the punk guy? And um, he goes to the top of the hill. The next day, a guy turns up and says, I don't know why I'm here, but I just felt like I needed to come here. And he said, like, are you a Christian? And he went, yeah. And he became a Christian in that moment. He's just like, okay, that'll do me. I'm in. (laughs) Who knows, you know, somewhere that guy, God has whispered to some Christian who was open and gone, go to the top of the hill for me, will you? Go to the top. You know who I'm talking about, don't you? Lou? No. It was was out of your dad's church. Um, All right, moving on. Got it? Credibility, proximity, prompting. Like just walking into work and going, God, I'm open. That's it. Just, God, I'm open. God, I'm just, I'm here. I'm open. Let's get something done, God. You know, the harvest is white, but the labor is a few. There's got to be someone in your world of mine who's ready for that moment to just be invited to church. And then the rest, the rest is on God. Leave God to it. He's able to get it done. The first time I went to church, think about it. There's a, there's, sometimes there's a process involved. I used to, on Sunday nights after I finished playing footy, I would wander down to the main street of where I lived and I would wander to the front of the church and I'd hear the music and then I'd leave. And I did that a bunch of times and then I decided to go to a different church, actually the church where my mum had been years ago and, and uh, this long drive and I would drive up there and then turn around, drive up there then turn around and then one week I drove up, I walked into the foyer, I could hear the music, I could see inside the auditorium and then I turned around and went. But then the next time I went into church and this is where God kicks in because I'll never forget it. I sat in the very back row, in the very back corner and they played a quiz. (laughs) West versus East. I'll never forget it. And a Bible quiz and I thought all my fears are coming true. (laughs) This is what I thought would happen. But you know what? God got me. God got me. Never been the same again. There's just sometimes, there's just just a process, and and, and so, um, and here's the next thought in the few minutes that I've got. Let's just, why don't we just raise the level of risk? Like deep down, if you're a believer, wouldn't you like to do, I mean, I want to do that. Don't you want to just raise the level of risk around it? Just raise the level of risk. There's really not that much to lose. Raise the level of risk might actually win someone to Jesus, and it might just be a step in the process. A few more thoughts changing tact. Uh, here's a thought I think will be really helpful. Let's underthink it. Let's underthink it. I, I mean, I don't know what you're like. Some of you are thinkers. You overthink. So Bron is like a natural, naturally gifted overthinker, which is why she preaches brilliant, teaches brilliantly. I am like classic underthinker, classic underthinker. The plan doesn't, if I'd created the world day five, we would have just gone, let's go, let's get on with it. There would have been no water anyway. I don't know, it came on day five. Water was already there, but something didn't exist. The platypus. Let's just underthink it. The Bible says this, "'Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap, as you do not know the path of the wind or how the body is formed in the mother's womb.'" Although we do know that today. "'So you cannot understand the work of God, the maker of all things. "'So you seed in the morning, and at evening let your hand not be idle, for you do not know which will succeed.'" whether this or that or whether both will do equally well i was the seed of the gospel that maybe nobody saw coming some of you were the seed of the gospel that nobody saw coming and and so the bible's just saying hey don't don't overthink it don't wait for perfect conditions they're probably not coming if you've got credibility if you've got proximity and they seem open let's just go for it let's not let's not overthink it let's underthink it um, and then the next thought is, let's rethink it. What is it that's holding you back from extending an invitation? Here's some things to rethink. I don't want to be too much. Is anyone like that? I just don't want to be too much. Let me ask you a follow-up question. Who is the last person you invited more than twice in one year? Most people in this room are in no way at risk of being too much. Maybe nice. But the rest of us... We're not at risk of being too much. We're just overthinking the thing. Let's rethink it. It's not a question of, I don't want to be too much. It's This matters too much. This matters way too much for me to be way too sensitive. Here's a net thought. Let's rethink it. Don't be, let's not be contained by fear. I think most of what holds me back in life, if I'm honest, is, is fear normally. It just makes me cautious, makes me hesitant. And you know you don't want to hurt people. That's the other one. Um, but but Bron and I have this saying: if the only thing holding us back is fear, it's time to do it now. Um, Bible says this: fear of man will prove to be a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is kept safe. The fear of man will prove to be a like a trap. Um, the fear fear of man contains us. That's what it does. It constrains us. It 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 keeps us shut down. And who knows that we live in a culture that would shut the church down. And I would question, what's the motive behind that? What's the agenda behind that? Why would the church be shut down? Why would we be silenced? Jesus can set people free. Jesus can forgive people's sins. We heard a story the other week of a man whose life was so dark in our church that he used to sleep at night with sunglasses on. Scotty, what's Scotty's last name? Williams. Who was taking drugs before he went to work? Surrenders his life to Jesus, drug-free, no more sunnies, life change, family building. Why would they be allowed to keep us silent? Why would we be constrained by the fear of men? Because people don't like what's said. Man, people say things I don't like what's said all the time. I could care less. You and I, let let's 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 not let's not be instead of contained by fear let's be stirred with faith i love it when samuel walks in on the young king david david's just a shepherd boy in the back blocks of nowhere and no one can see except for samuel that this is the future king and even david's own dad samuel can see it samuel can see that this boy is a future king And you know, the next people to come to faith in Jesus as it stands right now don't know him at this moment, aren't in church. I can still remember the first time I lifted my hands in a church service, which is kind of weird if you haven't got a church background, right? I lifted my hands and my brother was next to me and he would started coming with me. And I was freaking out. And I just opened my eyes. And he was doing the same.
0: And I don't know who, I
1: don't know if he was looking at me and went, oh, it's okay. But... We're, one minute we've got no idea, and the next minute our eyes are open. That's what the Bible says. There's something miraculous that goes on. Yesterday we are blind in the moment we see, contained by fear, no stirring, faith at and then, And then finally, as we wrap this up, remember, let's rethink it. Our invitation is never failure. It's always a success. It doesn't matter what anybody does with it. It's already a success in the moment of giving it because God can take that and use it. At the very least I've written here, it's a seed with eternal possibilities. For some, it's a link in the chain of a process towards God. And thirdly, it could be the prove to be the catalyst moment for somebody to come to know Jesus. So here's where I want to wrap this on two thoughts, just to live on green. I heard this a few years ago and I've done it in decision making. I don't know if it's hurting us yet, but I've been living it ever since. It's just to live on green and the only amber light is brown, just making sure that we don't destroy everything and everyone. And, but to live on green going, well, I think that could work. Let's go for that. And just to live on green around invitation, what if we live just on a green light, just green light and say, God, well, if you want me to stop, if you want me to pause, uh, you show me orange or red, but I'm going to live on... Oh, that would have been a great catch. I was there. Live on green... Easter so here's where I want to wrap I want to wrap with the prayer for, I want to wrap with a prayer for you and a prayer for myself that Paul asked the Ephesians church to pray for him listen to it in Ephesians 6 Paul says to them and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests with this in mind be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Here's what I want to pray. Pray that I might declare it fearlessly as I should. Now, some of us know how to articulate the gospel, but even if we don't, just to articulate an invitation this Easter or whenever. So will you stand with me? I want us to pray this. I'd ask you that at the end, you you can pray with me. You can lift your voice if you want when I pray or... You can just say amen or amen, whatever your tradition at the end. But would you over the next few weeks, just between here and Easter, would you pray this for other people gathered here, people right across our church here in Tamworth, in the other places where we are, and for churches generally just right across our city and right across our region, would you over the next week just be praying this for for godly people, not because we need them to be bold, but because people need to come to know Jesus. All right? Why don't you close your eyes with me? Let me pray. If you're comfortable, you can lift your voice. And we just want to pray for that fearlessness to be in each one of us. Heavenly Father, we thank you for everybody here tonight, God. I know so many people that, Lord, um, love you, followers of you, devoted to you, desperate to be, Lord, um, the bold that Paul talks about. So, God, we pray for each other tonight that we might be those who are fearless. May you give us a fearlessness as we invite and as we articulate the gospel. May you cause courage to be within each person, Lord. May you cause each one to find a fearless voice, Lord. And, and God, may faith be uh, open people's eyes to see, Lord, the potential in people, Lord, the potential salvation that's coming and that you're at work. We ask all of this, God, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Hey again, thanks so much for joining us on this podcast. Whether you are new and exploring faith or a follower of Jesus, there is a next step for you. There is always room to grow, more to be done, destiny to be pursued and people to be reached. So what's your next step? To find out, head over to northwestchurch.com.au And thanks again for listening.